This is the third part of a four-part series exploring the symbolism of the four minim. There were two mitzvos which baffled Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest man to ever live. One of the perplexing mitzvos was, of course, the quintessential chok of Paraduma. Shlomo tried to probe this mitzvah but failed and had to submit to the mystery of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's classic chok reminding man that there are certain parts of human experience which remain impenetrable to human reason and thought, and only divine logic can resolve them. In particular, the response to death, paraduma, is our response to tumas mace. Humans don't possess any meaningful response to death. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can provide meaning, <coughs> resolution to the predicament of death. Ironically, the second mitzvah which, bafil, which perplexed Shlomo was the mitzvah of Dalad Minim. Chazal Darsh in a Pasuk in Mishlei, which highlights his struggle to understand and comprehend. In the first of this series, I discussed the four Minim as returning us to Gan Eden, recognizing a fallen world punctuated by a limited nature, and selecting in particular the Esrog, which bears the closest resemblance to the original state of nature in Gan Eden, and according to one position in Chazal, was actually the fruit of the Eitz to dream of a world in which nature is perfected as part of a general moral historical redemption. In the second section, I talked about the Hadassim, that according to one version of Chazal, each of the Dalad Minim, represent a facet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether it's the glory and beauty captured by the Esrog, Hod Vahadar Levusho, whether it's the righteous strength of the Lulav Tzadik Katamar Yifrach, whether it's the metaphysical Hashkacha of the Arava, Rochev Ba'aravos, Hashem rides on the clouds, the Antandre, the word Arava means reeds, but it also means clouds, or whether it was the prophecy of the Hadassim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would one day rebuild Yerushalayim. And even though Zechariah saw the mysterious horsemen across from the Hadassim and couldn't connect, and there was no passage because the bush of the Hadassim prevented that passage, he was assured that one day the Hadassim would yield and the prophecy would come true. In this third section... I want to talk about the four minim and tefillah. It's clear, of course, that the four minim are not an isolated mitzvah, but very much participate in their davening, which is why Chazal were misakin that ideally the Dalad minim should be taken during davening. Which is why Chazal were misakin the minog of Hoshanas to actually ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for salvation for Yeshua while holding the Dalad Minim. Not just to praise Hashem, which is the dominant voice of tefillah during Hallel, but to ask Hashem to save us, to redeem us. And, interestingly enough, as is conveyed so blatantly by the final section of Hoshanas, which we repeat every day, not only to redeem us, but to redeem the Shechina. Because when the Jewish people are in a state of decline, the Shechina suffers. 
because we represent Hashem in this world. And as our state sinks, Hashem's presence regresses. So, so many of the tefillos of that second section, Keoshata goy Elohim, Derushim le'eshe Elohim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu redeem not just the nation, but redeem Elohim. Keoshata, Tivuim betzul giz, Keoshata kana mishareres vayosha, Please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, redeem the nest of birds singing Vayosha, which is the introduction to Az Yashir. Ligocha mitzuyenas Vayivasha, the word Vayosha, could also be conjugated as Vayivasha, not just that Hashem redeemed His people, but He redeemed Himself reflexively. Keoshata ma'amar v'hotseisi yitzchem, Hashem promised us that He would extricate us from Mitzrayim. Nakuv, it could be conjugated, v'hutseiti itchem. I will be liberated with you. Kihoshata, kihilos bavela shilachta. Save the communities you sent into exile in Bavel. Rachum, you are so compassionate. Lema'anam shulachta. You escorted us into Galus, and you suffered along with us. So we pray not just in general for redemption, but for the redemption and the resuscitation of the Shechina. This is true about all of the four minim. They all assist and participate in davening. But yet the min, the species, the element of the four minim, which most directly alters our davening, is the arava. Why the arava? Ironically, because it has so little going for it. A very well-known medrash, cited by the Gemara in Sukkah, reflects upon the variety of the four minim. Some produce fruit and are aromatic, namely the hadasim. Hadasim bushes produce berries. They produce a beautiful aroma. Some have fruit, but no aroma, the lulav tree. Some have, excuse me, I'm sorry, the esrog produces fruit and aroma. The hadasim produce aroma, they produce berries, but they're inedible. The lulav tree produces, of course, fruit, dates, but no discernible aroma. So some have fruit and aroma, some have aroma without fruit, some have fruit without aroma, but the arava produces nothing. No fruits and no aroma. It's very bland. It's very barren. It's sterile. The Gemara talks about part of the resolution of the four minim is to bind all these groups together, all these elements into one group, to reflect that in the Jewish population there are some that have Torah and Maisim Tovim, study, erudition, as well as good deeds. Some have deeds without study, some have study without deeds. Some bear nothing, but their inclusion within the Jewish people is both a privilege and a merit for their own, Destiny, as well as, of course, by including them, the others also are privileged, and their tefillahs are accepted. But the arava is very bland, is very sterile. It produces nothing. It has no inherent utility. Chazal also liken each of the four minim to a different one of the avos. 
the Esrog is compared to Avraham. The Lulav to Yitzchak, primarily because the Lulav was bound, the same way Yitzchak was bound on the Mizbeach at the Akedah. The Lulav is as many leaves that are tightly bound organically. The Hadassim are compared to Yaakov because Yaakov was covered with righteous children the same way that the stems of the Hadassim are flanked by leaves which cover the branch. All of Yaakov's children were part of the Jewish people, were included as opposed to Yitzchak's children, only one of which was included, Avram's children, only one of which was included. The Arava is compared to Yosef. Because the Arava wilts more rapidly than the other Minim. And Yosef died before his brothers, as chronicled in the end of Parshas Vayichi. So not only does the Arava present itself as sterile and barren, but it wilts, it's weak, it's feeble. It's not just feeble in maintaining its moisture, but it's the weakest plant. It doesn't have the firm bark of a lulav tree. It doesn't have the resilience of hadassim. It doesn't produce the beautiful esrogim. It's weak and feeble, sterile, vulnerable. But it's precisely because it possesses so little that it contributes so much to tefillah. Because the predicate of successful tefillah is recognizing how little you deserve. Because if tefillah is built on entitlement, then it's false and fraudulent. If tefillah is built on recognizing non-deservedness, lack of entitlement, reaching out and petitioning for free compassion from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then that's not only the tefillah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu covets, but it's also an attitude and a mentality that's closest to the truth of our own station. And the truth is the firmest foundation for tefillah. Karav Hashem l'chol karav l'chol asher yikra'uhu ve'emes. So humility and recognizing lack of deservedness, no presumption, no uh, posturing, unpretentiousness, is the most successful tefillah. A, because it is the most humble tefillah, and the arava represents humility, certainly the minhag of the minhag neviim, already stems from the neviim, the minhag of Hashanah Rabbah, not just to take an arava, but to slam it on the floor, as opposed to hoisting the mighty lulav. Of course, we hoist all the minim, but the lulav is certainly the central spine of this arrangement. It gets hoisted in very, very confident fashion, and I'll talk about the confidence of the lulav in this next section of Mirza Shem, section number four. The arava is violently slapped, crushed on the floor. The lashon of the Gemara is chibut, demonstrate the Arava as the antithesis of the Lulav, as a humble and lowly station, reinforced, of course, by the Arava's lack of fruit and aroma, by the Arava's easy, wilting pattern, and by the general Arava's lack of strength, feeble and weak presence. 
The Gemara describes one of the telltale signs of a true Arava, as opposed to fake Aravas, counterfeit Aravas, which the Gemara in Sukkah, Lamid Dalid, describes as Tzavtzifa. They look very similar. Some say Tzavtzifa is a weeping willow. Other types of Arava-like growth, vegetation, reeds. How do you tell the difference? The Gemara says in Sukkah, Daf Lamid Dalid, Ezehu Arava, Ezehu Tzavtzifa. Arava, the Gemara says, Allah Shela Mashuch. The leaf is protracted rather than round. Upia Chalak. And its side, or as the Gemara says, its mouth, because these two long protracted leaves resemble lips. The two lips of an arava, well, the mouth would be the circumference or the perimeter of these two lip-like halves of an arava. The perimeter, which would resemble the mouth of these lips, or the overall circle of the lips, which we would call the mouth, is smooth, as opposed to tzafzifa, which doesn't resemble lips, and whose mouth is jagged. This symbolism highlights the fact that arava is a mouth. Arava are lips, the mouth and lips of tefillah. So ironically, arava possesses so little in terms of fruit and aroma. So little in terms of durability. So little in terms of the strong plant tree-like structure of some of the other minim. But it is precisely that disempowerment, that lack of entitlement, that makes the arava so central to the tefillah which the Dalad Minim convey, that we dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu with our Dalad Minim. And the arava is shaped like tulips, and Chazal referred to it as a smooth mouth, the mouth of tefillah. And it's no circumstance that the word arava resembles another word, and so many of these minim are word associations. The word arava also means arva or areva. We say every day in davening, the arva lashem minchas yehuda. We hope that our tefillah would be sweet and pleasant in front of Hashem, our, our minchas yehuda, olam one day like it was one day in the past when we offered real karbanos in an actual Beis HaMikdash. Areva. The arava, which is unpretentious and unpresumptuous, which is shaped like a mouth and lips, which helps us realize a truer form of tefillah, hopefully produces piachalak, a smooth tongue, and an areva, and a pleasant, accepted tefillah, takarish baruch In Tehillim, Parak Kuf Beis, Pasag Yudchas, David HaMelech asks Hashem, Pana el tefilas ha'arar. Please respond to the prayers of the desperate, of the poor, of the destitute. Tikasev zos l'dor acharon. Write down this reality that HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds to those tefilas, to the final generations. 
the Medrash captures this Pasuk and writes as follows. Rebbe Yitzchak explains which generations is David HaMelech referring to? Ein lahem lamelech velo navi, we don't have a king nor a prophet. Lo kohen, not a priest, velo urm vitumim. Ela, tfila, zu, bilvad. All we have is tfila. We don't have the elements and features of bygone eras. We are the Dor Acharon. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, based on David's request, doesn't ignore Tfilos, even of the ill-equipped or under-resourced, and in particular, those people who recognize their lack of resources, and by extension, their lack of deservedness, their Tfilah is more humble, and their Tfilah is more authentic because it's closer to the truth. And Tfilos MS is always a more successful tefillah. So David HaMelech envisions an era of Dor Acharon, characterized as a door of Ar-Ar, Ayin Reish, Ayin Reish, without license, without resources, and he asks that their tefillah be accepted. The Medrash continues, Ma'aleinu la'asos, those of us who feel that we live in Dor Ar-Ar, Generations that are under-resourced. How do we daven, which is our only resource? Lasos, what do we do? Likach, lulav, v'esrog. We take the four minim, all of them, in particular the arava, and we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by davening through nature's voice, not our own voice, by davening and submitting ourselves to a larger nature and a larger cosmos, we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to accept our tefillahs. This is the third theme of the four minim. The first theme was the return to Gan Eden. The second theme, capturing different facets of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The third theme, employing the four minim in place of a human tongue. Just as on Rosh Hashanah, we employed a shofar. We divested human artifice and convention and selected the bestial cry of the animal when circus, we submerge the human voice within the choral ensemble of nature, and in particular, the arava, vulnerable and weak, feeble and wilting, dying prematurely as Yosef did, possessing no fruit nor aroma, lack of pretension, those are the perfect seeds of tefillah.